Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Estella Coughlin, and you are listening to the Nest Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Nest Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we have another very special guest, a sister of AOPI, member of the Army on the Reserve side, and business owner. Jalen Cisneros, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, I know we're on like Christmas break and stuff, but I appreciate it. And bearing with me through this video thing, also, okay, I'm like so close to the camera, I gotta like back up with me. But um, yeah, no, thank you. How has yeah, life been? Good. It's been stressful because I moved back, obviously, from Montana back home. Um, so just kind of like juggling between getting all my stuff moved back and then I'm moving out too. Um, so looking for an apartment to buy and starting a whole new school and stuff like that. Gotcha. So you're moving out and then just getting an apartment for school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right now I live outside of Denver, Colorado. Um, so I'm moving back into Denver. It's... Probably, like, a five-minute walk from where I'm going to be going to school, which is really nice, and from where I work. So it'll be nicer to be in town, downtown, with everybody. So it's going to... Is that, like, right in the heart of Denver? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so going from yeah. Bos Angeles, which, I don't know, <laughs> would you classify that as the country? Or would you classify that as, like, middle city to country? Yeah, I would, I would say it's still pretty suburban, like, especially yeah. just, like, living here and going to Montana, and I had never been mm-hmm. there before, I was like, oh, wow, like, this really yeah. is, it only has McDonald's and Taco Bell, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I guess because you grew up in Colorado. Okay, so you're already used to the city. For me, I'm like, wow, Bose Angeles, I'm like, wow, I'm... I'm living the city life. Well, okay, not the really? city life, <laughs> but, like, middle city to country. Because where I'm from, it's just, like, even though Bismarck, I don't even think is, like, a country, like, countryside. Okay, no, it is. But, like, Bismarck itself, I think that's still, like, a decent town. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but... That's just from my scale, which is, I have no experience in, like, cities or anything. But that's cool that you're finding an apartment and stuff. And do you have a roommate or are you just doing it by yourself? I do. Um, I'm actually, me and my boyfriend got um, an apartment together. So we're moving. We go to the same school. So, well, now we'll be going to the same school. So we're going, uh, we're moving together. Oh, Slay. And so, do you have to find it together, or are you just moving into his apartment? Um, We actually have been looking all week, and we finally found a place that we really like. So, we signed the lease yesterday, and we get to move in tomorrow, but we won't move in probably till after Christmas. Oh, well. Mm -hmm. That's very adult of you to do. I don't even know how to sign a lease. (laughs) Wait, what's your major again, or what are you majoring at in Colorado? 
So, yeah, so in Montana, my major was secondary education with a social studies broad film. And then I had two minors that I had, which was Latin American and Native American studies. And then I was also on a pre-law track because I want to do Native American policy, law and policy. So that kind of all didn't transfer over. Yeah, it's a lot. So it didn't really transfer over to Colorado. So I'm still going to double major and be on the pre-law track um, and still have secondary education. But instead of having Latin American studies and Native American studies as minors, I'm just going to study Chicano studies, which is the same as pretty much Latin American studies, um, and have that as a degree. Um, And they call it a concentration here in Colorado. And then I'm just going to have to get another minor or um, major, depending on what kind of schooling I want to do for Native American studies with a different university called CU Denver um, here in Colorado, but I won't start that until I finish at Metro. Gotcha. And is Metro for a year college as well? Yeah, both of them okay. are um, the CU Denver and Metro. Okay. Oh my gosh. So right now you're doing, in Colorado, two concentrations? And yeah. any so, minors? Or min- minors, technically? The concentration is no not really a minor um so it just is like tacked onto your degree basically okay what a slay that's yeah, cool. it's I a lot. you were on the pre-law <laughs> track so are you gonna go to law school then do you plan um i'm it de- all depends with the military again um mm-hmm. because obviously the main focus is the military for me and my military career and what i want to do within the military um so that obviously comes first And if I can get my teaching degree, then I can teach anywhere I want, whereas you can't practice law anywhere you want. So it just depends. Um, I, after this deployment that's coming up, it's definitely going to be like, okay, this is what I want to do within the military, and this is what I want to do on the civilian side. Awesome. So you'll be able to, like, kind of figure that out afterwards mm-hmm. and stuff. I think yeah. you got a pretty good idea. You're right. I I forgot to you can't practice law in every state, but you can you can teach in every state. Yeah. Gotcha. For the most part. Okay, so yeah, there's a lot more flexibility with teaching. I did know mm-hmm. you were um elementary ed. I forgot because you and Maddie are elementary ed, right? Maddie is, but I'm secondary. So I want nothing oh, to do gotcha. with children. Okay. <laughs> oh, there's a difference. I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so there's elementary, which is, like, preschool to, it depends, obviously, on the school, but sometimes fifth grade, and then you have middle school, which could be anywhere from third grade to eighth grade, and then secondary education, which is my major, um, high school. So I want everything to do with freshman to senior. Um, I want nothing to do with children. They scare me. (laughs) Um, I do not blame you. Yeah, so I taught back here in Colorado when I was a senior. I taught in Aurora, Colorado, and um, I did a few things in Denver, um, but that's when I really was like, yeah, I want to work with high school students. And so you said you taught. Were you like a substitute or like a TA? Oh, a student teacher position. Oh, um, gotcha. Within my high school, you could take a class at a different high school and then teach at another high school for me um everybody usually was elementary or preschool or middle school but I chose a high school um 
So yeah, I I did that for about a year, I think, and now I'm gonna go back in January and start teaching again. Oh, that's awesome! Mm-hmm. So you were a high schooler, like a senior, did you say? And then you went to go uh, student teach senior. Was it seniors or just high school? It was. I don't. I don't think I had a senior. Um, but I taught freshmen and sophomore and juniors. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So a lot of yeah. commuting. Was it close by or not really? Yeah. Um, it was close by. I wouldn't say it was far. It was probably 20 minutes away. Um, in the heart of Aurora, Colorado, which isn't the greatest area. Um, but yeah, I taught geometry, algebra, and then I did Chicano studies within the history side. Oh, wow. Um, and then world history. Oh my gosh. Good mm-hmm. for you. That's awesome. Yeah, so, I'd go to class, like, from 7 to 10, and then the rest of the day I'd be teaching. Oh my gosh. So you're really just kind of in the field, out in your work field. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool. And so are you, for your um other studies, like Native American and um latin but it's called what what's it called again so yeah it's latin american studies but for colorado it's called chicano studies chicano studies so do you have Mm -hmm. to be like fluent in speaking them or just it's just about the history and learning it's just about the history and learning pretty much um you do take like a language class just because i mean you are Mm -hmm. in latin american studies or chicano studies um so we do. I don't have to necessarily take one because we speak Spanish at home for some of the parts. Um, but I know Spanish from high school, so nice. I tested out How a bit. How many years of Spanish did you take? I took I took five years of Spanish. Technically, I didn't do AP oh, wow. Spanish. Yeah, but, but I took five years. Pretty much bilingual at this point. <laughs> yeah, pretty I, much. I feel like you're a fast learner. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, so I'm guessing, but I just want to ask, there is not an AOPI. No. So I I had to go alum um, this past semester in December. No. There, <laughs> there, is a, there was an AOPI at another university in Colorado, but I, I didn't want to travel that far. Um, and I didn't want totally to move fair. into a dorm. So I didn't want to have to start that process all over, especially because I know that I'm leaving at some point. I just don't really know when because the deployment can always be pushed back. Um, so there is no AOPI. There are definitely a bunch of other sororities and fraternities that aren't that weren't at Montana. Um, but, yeah, no. I, I don't know if I'm sad about it <laughs> or if... I am happy about it, but I'm sure I'll miss the social aspect of it for sure. Mm-hmm. But at least there is a Greek life, and you can still kind mm-hmm. of be in that, like get to know the people there at least. Yeah. But at least, yeah, it's not just like no Greek life. Um, yeah. But yeah, that does suck that there's not a nail pie. But also it can be kind of relieving too. Like, okay, now I don't mm-hmm. have – all this other responsibility to kind of tack on to you're at another, yeah. because it, it is a lot. So you're at another phase of 
your adulthood life, and I bet you'll do just as great. And I know you will. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, of course. Even I remember when it. it was um the Pike basketball, and you just like broke a nail. But it was, like, broken, broken. Yeah, it was halfway off. (laughs) Yes, and people are like, do you need to go to, like, the doctor and stuff? And you're like, no, I'm in the army. Give me a towel. You bit (laughs) on the towel. As they, like, put some of, like, the rubbing alcohol on or something, and I'm Mm -hmm. watching, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, at that point, I would have been crying. I would have been like, (laughs) yeah, and then you even played, too. I'm like, if I if someone just hits me, I'm out. I'm out. Put me on the bench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, honestly, yeah. yeah, you impressed very many people there. And then you still played, and you still did better than pretty much everyone that was not injured. So mm-hmm. that is a big AO slay. <laughs> of course. So what – Um. wait, when you – sorry, we're jumping from, like, Army to AOPI – back to like army but i know it's kind of chaotic but did you have anybody in your family that had been in like greek life before or why did you decide to join so i knew that like some of my cousins that were older than me were in greek life but i had never talked about it with them or anything like that um so i actually just decided to join because i liked i was well okay let me start over again I guess I um I didn't know anybody in Montana so my first time being on Montana was prior to me leaving and it was for two days because I needed to actually like see where I was going and that was it I ate at like Burger Bob's and the Ale House and that was my Montana experience for the weekend um and then I left I went to go train so I wouldn't get back there till the next January. Um, and I had no friends. I didn't know anybody. I knew a few people that had went to school there, but I wasn't, we weren't going together. They had already been there for a semester. Um, so I, I liked the com- camaraderie from the military with all of the girls that um, I was training with. And I still talk to them this day. Like, one of my best friends, I'm they're about to have a baby, and I'm going to be their godmother, and I'm a godmother to another one. So I like that, and I like the family aspect of that. And I know that Greek life is very intertwined with each other, and they're very close. So that's why I decided to join a sorority. I wanted to try something new. Um, and sure enough, I did, and I loved it. I, met, I mean, I met some of my best friends and some amazing women within this sorority. Um. So I, I pretty much joined because I was a, all alone in a state that I had no idea or know anybody, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah, okay, because I just never knew, like, why you decided to join, because the Army and Greek life, kind of two different yeah. sides of the spectrum there, but mm-hmm. I like how you kind of tied it together, still the camaraderie in it. No, so thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, what made you choose, like, Montana and Montana State if you said you've been there for, like, two days? So uh, one of my best friends, him and I have grown up together for, I don't know, 14 years together. Um, and he came out to Montana State, and he was like, I love it. We were always trying to go to college together. Um, 
because we went to different high schools, but we went to the same elementary, middle school till eighth grade. So um, we wanted to try to go to high school, to, or I mean college together. And he said he loved it, and I got in, and I got a great scholarship within Montana. So I was like, maybe, I mean, it might not be too bad, but Montana was so different from what I wanted. Um, originally, I wanted to go to Florida. I've always wanted to go to Florida my entire life. I love the South. I applied to every Florida school possible. I got in, and I was like, yes, this is where I'm going. But it didn't feel like home. Um, and a lot of people talk about, like, when you get onto that college campus, you're going to fill it, and it's going to click for you. And that didn't really happen for me in um, Florida. It kind of happened with one school, but it wasn't in a super great area, so it wasn't exactly safe to go out. Um, so I went to go visit in Montana, and the minute flying in, it was, you could see the mountains, You it was kind of foggy, it was beautiful, it was snowing a little bit, but not too much, and I was like, well, this is kind of like home away from home, um, and I liked it. I had a few other friends that I knew from high school that were out there, um, and I hung out with them, and I had a good time, but I don't, I don't really know. It just kind of felt like a second home away from home, I would say. I love that, because you were surrounded by mountains, right, in Colorado, or were you yeah. in the city, mountains? I'm, okay. Well, it, it depends on where you're at um we go to the mountains sometimes but most of my family lives in denver gotcha yeah i know it's like yeah you step on the campus but it's like oh you feel like it is home or home away from home mm -hmm. like that's what people say with like um sorority houses and like yes. different sororities just like have a conversation and oh my gosh you're home i don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know so i'm just Loki trying to relate in that way. <laughs> but I also didn't. I mean, I don't even know if I felt that I I was Loki at crunch time for choosing my college. Yeah. So I was like, mm, MSU was the last one that I toured. But I did feel like, wow, I've never seen like a college like this, like the mountains, because everywhere I'm from is flat. Like I see mm -hmm. a hill. And I'm like, wow, like, honestly. So yeah. with the mountains, that's kind of what drew me in. And I was like, you know, this is something super different, even though it's only a state away, but it's super different and I can still drive yeah, back so. and forth, even though I don't, because it's still kind of a a good long drive. But mm -hmm. And I'm also scared because some parts do not have cell reception and I am not that resourceful. So, um, yeah. But it is, I do like MSU, though. Even though it's, like, a low-key a random school. But whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, so, okay, now we're going back to the Army. Sorry, it's, like, back and forth, back and forth. But That's okay. I know you said every, because you're on, what was it, reserve... Yeah, so I'm a reservist within the, the Army. Yes. Um, I don't wear the uniform every day. I, I go one weekend a month and two weeks out of the year to train. So that can look like us doing a convoy over the weekend, um, an FTX, which is a field training. We can go to the ranges during the weekend. Um, 
But if I was active duty, that would look like me wearing the uniform every day and actually doing my MOS, which is human resources. I'm a 42 alpha. Um, or people would like to say it's a paper pusher job, which it is. Um, but so I would be doing that job every single day at a specific unit on a specific base with a specific platoon, my team. Um, but I don't do that within the reserves. I get to train. and. Okay, honestly, I still don't really know the terms. So I'm going to ask a few questions about what you just said and all that. That's okay. So you're HR, you said. Uh-huh, I'm a human resource specialist. So you're um, not, like, doing the combat. You're um, being, like, kind of more business side, like, at an office during? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, so, right? yeah, that's not wrong. That's not wrong at all. So, yes, I'm a human resource specialist. Basically, we take care of everybody within the unit, within the brigade. It depends on your battalion, stuff like that. Um, so if people need to be checked before deployment, I make sure that their stuff is all good. They have their PHA forms, their dentist forms, um, make sure their head is ready to be able to go on deployment. They're in the, that right mentality and um, they have all their qualifications when that comes to the ranges, their skills, stuff like that. Um, make sure they have everything done with their DD form 93 or 98. It just depends, um, which is basically your uh, health insurance, stuff like that, just mm-hmm. so that you're ready to go on deployment or just in general. Um, to make sure that you have those documents done, especially if you're on the active side. Um, but yeah, I basically take care of everybody and make sure they're on the right route um, and track within their promotion points so they can get bumped up and get a pay grade or pay raise. Um, but yeah, I don't do anything combat, unfortunately, which is sucks for me because that's what I want to do. Um, but when I go active, when I get my degree, then I'm going to switch to a combat MOS. So do you have to have a degree to switch to combat, or can you jump straight into combat? No, you can jump straight into it. So when you sign your contract originally, you can pick your jobs. And I was using the military for a few reasons, um, but one of them was for them to pay for my college. So I knew that I wanted to get my degree and then go, so I picked an easy job hence the 42 alpha um but yeah a lot of people will pick 11 bravo which is infantry 12 bravo which is a sapper um those are all combat mos's another one is for 68 whiskey which is your combat medic um but it just depends on what you want to do well all those words those are so cool very cool words even though you said um (laughs) something alpha i thought i'm like wow is that like the highest or something i'm like that is so cool and you're like (laughs) and you're like well kind of an easy like the something alpha and i'm I'm like oh so that's like not very high up or something but you're right if you just want kind of an easier job to have kind of schooling paid for that's very smart oh my gosh you're, (laughs) you're going school army school but hey, at least you're like going back to the things. It's like if you take a gap year, you don't want to go back to school. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like you will because y- once you have your mind set on something, you will accomplish it. Like yeah. you, you follow through 
with what you say you're going to do. I do. I mean, that's just what I've observed. So I have no doubt you're going to get all the degrees and concentrations, whatever it's called at the school you're going to, <laughs> and also do combat and all that stuff. But what is the rankings of everything? Because I know you said a sergeant is higher than what you are now, but what are, yeah, the, mm-hmm. like, rankings in the Army? Yeah, so it obviously depends. You're going to first start off as, um, basically, we call it a grunt. So that's your your private, um, your private first class, your specialist, so um, your PV2. But um, you'll start out those while you're in training. So basic AIT and then your first few months, well, it depends on what time, because then time and grade and time and service all comes in. Um, but in order to rank up to like an NCO, which is a non-commissioned officer, so that means sergeant, your staff sergeant, your um, sergeant first class, first sergeant, stuff like that, um, you have to go to the boards. And you sit in front of a bunch of NCOs and officers, um, and they basically ask you questions about your job or just the military. You say your NCO creed, um, the soldier's creed, and you basically get ranked on that to become a sergeant and then staff sergeant and then first sergeant, stuff like that. So it's all basically time and grade and time and service. If you have enough time and service, then you'll get bumped up. If you have time and grade, then you'll get bumped up. And that's easier when you're a private and you're a specialist. So all of those ranks before you become a non-commissioned officer. Once you become a sergeant and staff sergeant and stuff like that, and you're going up in the NCO um, rankings, it becomes a little harder because you have to do promotion points. um, And it goes off of that. So it makes sure that you're hitting your schools. So that looks like airborne school, air assault school, if you do ranger, um, the ranger school, or if you want to become a ranger, that looks like two different schools, a sapper, that's the same way. Um, it all just depends on what schooling you do. You can do the postal school and get that security clearance. That gets you a lot of points. If you have a good ACFT score, which is our um, Army Combat Fitness Test score, which you take twice a year, um, it's out of 600 points. So depending on how you do on that, you get higher points. Um, It all just depends what you do. You can do certain, like, marathons and stuff. And if you rank on those during the year within the Army, then you can get points for that as well. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. There's so much different things you can do within the Army and with the Army. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And that's just not that. Yeah, it's you can do it so many things within the army and the military in general, but and that's just with the NCOs. So um, oh those gosh. are basically yeah, because then you can transition and become an officer, which is what I'll do um, after I go to the drill sergeant academy and become a drill sergeant, because that's the one thing that you wanted. That's one thing I want to do for the military is be a drill sergeant out at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Um, so I want to do that. And once I do that, then I'll become an officer. And that looks like going to OCS, which is Officer Candidate School. Um, you do training just basically another basic over again. And then you become an officer. So that's an entire different side. You can run an entire company 
you can run an entire brigade, an entire um, battalion, and that looks like your lieutenants, your second lieutenants, um, your colonels, your majors, stuff like that, um, your captains, and that's an entire different area of the army. You get paid way more, better benefits, but um, oh you still get to gosh. lead. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I didn't even realize, I mean, I, granted, I'm not in kind of the military world, like, I, I don't know too much about it, but mm-hmm. I'm learning so much here. Thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge. Of course. Oh my gosh, you should have been, I um, love to talk about you should have done, uh, what, what are one of those, um, an ed workshop is that what they're called in ale pie mm-hmm. you should have done an ed mm-hmm. workshop about just talking about the military oh my gosh pretty much i feel like at least three-fourths of people would come and listen i definitely would mm-hmm. but oh my gosh no i think maybe you can come back as an alum guest speaker yes. maybe we'll have to get in the budget and fly you out for the tuesday ed workshop I think so. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're saying it here. So, oh my gosh. So, okay, I guess I didn't even ask you this before, but why did you decide to join the military? Um yeah, so there's um there's I guess a few different reasons. Um mainly be I guess to start off, I've always wanted to be in the military. I knew since seventh grade and I came home and I was like this is what I want to do I'm doing it and my parents were like yeah yeah okay like you're in seventh grade so but I've always known that I want to serve um and so one day I um I was going through some stuff in high school and I had to get out of something and so at that time I was like well this is my chance to join um and get away and then start my own life and start fresh so I did that. I went before a basketball practice that we had, and I talked to a recruiter, and he was awesome. Um, gave me everything that I needed, my bonus, my GI Bill, my kickers. Um, I got the job I wanted. I got the place that I wanted to go train, um, stuff like that. So I got basically the whole package, and I came home, and I didn't tell anybody. I just said, we have dinner tomorrow. I didn't even say we have dinner. I said, we have a meeting with the recruiter tomorrow. Um, this is what I want to do. This is what he's giving me. This is what I'm getting out of it. This is how it's going to happen. Um, you're going to be here. Because I was 17 when I joined. And at that time, you can't join without a parent's um, signature. So I was basically like, you sign it or I forge your signature. Because um, this is what I want to do. So my recruiter came over to my house. He uh, talked to my parents, both my mom and my dad. Um and then they signed it. They made sure that I had my bonus and everything in my contract. Because if you don't, then you, you're not going to get crap. So they made sure. Um, but basically, I, I surprised my parents. And I was like, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, this is what I'm going to do. I leave after senior year for, I think I was gone for nine months um, to train. I left two weeks after I graduated. But I joined because I needed school paid for and I needed... Um, I needed to start fresh for myself. So, yeah. 
But I, I always oh wanted to, God. I always knew I wanted to join really young. That's incredible. And just the fact that, had you been thinking about it before the recruiter showed up at your school or not? So I actually, I actually didn't talk to anybody at my school. I went in to the recruiter's office. Um, oh, so you saw yeah, them. I. Yes, I knocked on oh. my door and I was like, I want to join. I just need to know what I need to do. And I need to make sure I have my bonus, this, this, and this. I want this job and I need it in a contract or I'm I'm not going to sign. And he made it all happen and we went through. Um, you have to take a PT test and you have to do some trainings. And he was like, yeah, you're ready. Here's your contract. I signed. Um, and then I waited. I think I waited six months before I had left. Um because I did the delayed entry program, so I waited, and then I left, and I started June 6th at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Wait, so have you moved, have you lived in South Carolina? Um, not, like, by myself on my own, but I live, I trained, I did train there for basic and AIT, so that was 20 weeks Oh I my gosh. You're 10, I think. And then I did, and then that's when I started living in the barracks. You always live in the barracks, but I lived in the barracks without a drill sergeant basically 24 7 when I did the Fox 5 training. Um, and we got a ton more freedom doing that training. So I, yeah, I lived on post for about nine months. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's a long time and so was that right after high school you went to South Mm -hmm. Carolina yeah I left two weeks after I graduated so then from South Carolina then you went to Montana Mm -hmm. I came home for about two months maybe a month and then I went to Montana in January holy cow oh my gosh it's just like you don't like when you meet someone, there's a whole story behind how they got there, who they are. Oh my gosh, that's huge! The barracks. How was living there? What what's what so, was that kind of like? It depends on obviously it depends on um when when you're training. So in uh, basic, there was 63 females at first living in one room, and we call it our um our bay, basically. Um, so it's like a camp style, bunk bed, bunk bed, bunk bed, bunk bed, and then you have your bathroom and one shower in the back, um, and you're maybe two feet away from the girl you're sleeping next to for three months. Honestly, <laughs> that wasn't bad because my, um, my platoon was great. We were close. My best friends were right next to me and we were close so they were always by my bed but I was out by 8 30 p.m like you guys can hang around my bed but I'm out I'm I'm going to bed um and it was great I thought the barracks were great sometimes they weren't so great um and you know drill sergeants get you especially female ones they're just tougher on you because being a female in the military can be hard and you need to realize that um as you're training so one time we left some mop water in a bucket 
and it was supposed to be cleaned out that prior morning, but I guess some, whoever had that job forgot. So imagine what 60 females and are doing, and we're all probably synced, and we only have one trash can, so our just aren't calls us in. Um, she calls us in. We're forming up around our bay, around our bunks, and she throws our trash on the floor. So imagine what it, what's in a female trash, obviously, and then throws that dirty mop water onto it, and we just start crawling through it. We low crawl through it. We high crawl through it probably 20 times. It was awful. Um, but that was really the only time. We got smoked a different time um, within our first 72 hours because people were fraternizing and doing some dumb stuff within that first 72 hours they were there. But those are the only two times that I hated the Bay. Um, then you move to AIT and you get your personal room. You have roommates, but I think I had, I had two roommates in the beginning and then one of them left. Um, but we were all pretty close. We had our own desk. We had a bunk bed and then another bed on the side. We had our own bathroom, our own closet. AIT is a lot more relaxed. Um, we, we got, we had a nice room and we had a good, one of our good drill sergeants. Um, that one was fine. Again, like I'm the godmother to that girl's kid in February, I think. So when she has him, but, uh, that was, that was a good time. And then Fox five, we got our own rooms again. I just had, I had went with one of my, um, best friends from AIT. So we, we obviously roomed together and that was good. But a lot of bases, you either live in the barracks and have your own room or you do a quad style room but you have your own room, you just share the kitchen. So it's kind of like what I had in Montana where I was living with somebody I didn't know, but and we shared a kitchen. Um, and then at other times it was like sharing a dorm. It wasn't terrible, but some parts weren't great as well. Oh gosh, you you just have all the styles of living under your belt. That's fascinating though. I guess, how often do you like move living situations in rooms? So no, it just depends. Um, we were moving out, we were done with basic. So a new company was going to come in and train. So we were moving to AIT, which is in a whole different part of Fort Jackson. And then when we graduated AIT, we moved to a whole different building because that's where we were training. Um, and I'm going to Texas in a few weeks for training. So, at that time, I think they'll put us in a hotel, um, but it all just depends on what you're doing. It's usually from the start of training to the end of training, and then you got to go. You're not bringing anything with you unless you live in the barracks, and then that's your home. You do room inspections, but no, until you get stationed somewhere else, then you won't move. So you can't, did you say you can't bring anything with you? Not or- really, unless you live in there. I personally wouldn't like (laughs) um people want to bring stuff and they want to bring pictures and stuff do not bring that to you to basic because you're going to be carrying it and doing push-ups with it and no don't bring any of that your parents can send it to you later on down the road you don't need it you're training um but when you live on post and you live in the barracks 
and like that's your home station um you can obviously decorate your your um room however you want uh it has to be in within regulation at some point and then your room will be checked and inspected like it will be clean and looked after and stuff like that so i personally i haven't seen anybody that decorates their room we hung up a few pictures in when i was in ait but that was it gotcha so now when you go down to texas you don't bring anything you just no i'll bring my uniforms and my training gear and what i need um for the operations that we're going to conduct but other than that i'll no it's only a two-week training too so i don't need much because i'm always gonna i'm gonna come back home but when i go to iraq i'll bring pictures and that's it so because i'm not gonna leave post to be bringing civilian clothes or anything like that so anything that i need is gonna be my gear and my um uniforms and so how do you um like communicate all this who who do you call the person that communicates it with you your drill sergeant or is that somebody else so when you're training in basic and AIT when you're training in basic you're not you're not a soldier yet just because you sign that dotted line doesn't mean that you're a soldier you need to go through all your training you need to qualify with range you need to um know your buddy movements and stuff like that and then you need to pass your ftx which is your final um field training so during that time you're being yelled at constantly by your drill sergeant and those are the only people that yell at you but though that is when you have your drill sergeants then you go to ait which is a little bit more relaxed there there are ait drill sergeants but it's just basically to march you down to the defect which is your dining facility um you march there and back and then you have PT with them, you do final formation with them, and then that's it. Whereas in basic, your drill sergeants are on you 24-7. Um, you never go anywhere without your drill sergeant, basically. So that's the only times you're going to have drill sergeants. When you go to other trainings or you're in your regular unit, it's just whoever. Um, it's It could be your platoon leader, it could be your squad leader, it could be... Um, your commander, your first sergeant. So it just depends um, on how your unit works. I know our unit in Montana, we had our sergeant, which um, she relayed out all the messages that came from um, our first sergeant and commander. But this new uh, unit kind of does the same thing. Um, But I basically only hear from my sergeant. I don't hear from the first sergeant or my commander whatsoever. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, that's still confusing, though. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, there's so you don't like have any how... contact with the drill sergeant after gotcha. AIT. Oh gosh. Okay, that's yeah. Still, kind of. Let's. Oh gosh, this is a whole. This is a whole nother world. Oh, yeah. Gosh, no, it is. That... It's confusing. So, how did you learn like all of this, or do you just learn with time and practice, or? You, so, (laughs) you learn in basic. So, basic, you have to learn everything. You learn your facing movements, um, what an NCO is, what an officer is, when to salute the flag, when to wear the uniform, when to not wear the uniform, 
how to qualify with range, when you go down to the ranges. Um, you're getting in the best physical shape that you can. You're taking your ACFT tests. Basic is there to basically make you a soldier. So after basic, when you complete your final FTX, you have a soldier ceremony. And that's basically like you accomplished everything that you need to be set in the army and do. Um, but still, over time, you learn everything. You're not going to know everything because you're constantly getting screamed at and yelled at. And it's just a mind game of going through basic. Um, but I honestly, a lot of people hate basic and would never do it again. I loved basic. I loved my drill sergeants. I loved my um, my platoon. It was, it was amazing. Um, I would absolutely do basic over again. Now, AIT, I hated AIT because you're supposed to get more freedom, and they didn't give it to us, which is fine, but when it, it's harder when the other companies are able to go off post or can go to the PX whenever they want, and you can't, and you're being treated like you haven't graduated basic yet. So you learn everything pretty much in basic, and then over time, it just becomes easier and easier and easier. Gotcha. So why why wasn't it more relaxed for you in A- ATI? Sorry, AIT? AIT, yeah. So it's oh, advanced individual training. I got training. Time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, it wasn't more relaxed because Fort Jackson is a training post. So that's looked at by TRADOC, which comes all the way from the Sergeant Major of the Army. So that it's a little bit more strict than others like Fort Lee, which is in Virginia, I think. Um, they can go off post on the weekends, and which is really nice, but that's okay. I saved a lot so, of money being in. I, I guess. I guess, yeah, you could say that. How was the transition? Because um, it's your first time, like, going somewhere to do stuff for the Army. Was that basic? Were you actually, like, your first time going somewhere for it? Mm-hmm. And so how was that, like, transition from just getting out of high school straight into basic? Um, It was... Honestly, I thought it was fine. I didn't really... Um, have a hard time in basic and they tell you constantly you're gonna break once and when you break then you're good to go like you're not gonna have to worry about anything anymore and you can start becoming a soldier um I broke in reception so you get off your plane and immediately there's a drill sergeant there already and you have to line up you you call and let your parents know that you're there and then that's it you get a 20-second call. Um, you get on a bus, and then they take you to reception where you're going to train. Um, and reception was for about the first week. That's where you get all your shots. You do your paperwork if anything were to happen. Um, you put your beneficiaries down. And I hated reception. I was like, if this is what the military is, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. Like, this is stupid. I All I do is wait in lines all day. And I'm tired because you don't sleep in reception um, at all. So I was tired and I was burnt out. No, so immediately getting off that bus, it's probably 2 or 3 a.m. 
and then you start you start getting shots you get uh, i think it was six shots the minute you get off of the bus you take blood you do a urine test you fill out paperwork um you're just going you get your uniforms you get your pts you get your boots so you're going going and going until um that next night and you get four hours of sleep and you're going going again and i was exhausted and i hated standing and waiting because there were so many people and i thought that's what the military was going to be and i was like screw this like this is stupid i don't ever want to do this um so i broke in reception and the minute we got on to our next bus which was i think we we left saturday to go to train to go to basic um they just aren't put us on the bus heads were down in our bags you can't you don't have a phone nothing um you can't see where you're going because they want it to be they start just messing with you and getting into your head um you put your head down in your bag and then immediately the chaos just erupts it's get off my effing bus move 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 everybody's yelling and screaming they're in your face you're running around you have nowhere no idea where you're going and at that point I was like yes like this is what I signed up for we're actually in it like I can't wait I was so excited to be like yelled at and to run and to like do some physical activity except stand in a line all day like the minute I got to basic I was like oh thank god um but the hardest part of basic for me what I guess there were two things um when you get there you can't call your parents and tell them like hey I'm here you have you have a time to do that but you can't say anything you want it's you read off of this board you say if you need anything you can contact the Red Cross um I will be in contact with you in a few days um this is where you can send mail blah 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 I have safely arrived before Jackson. Goodbye. And that's all you can say to your parents. And they're watching and listening to you. So if you go off script, you're going to get, you're going to get messed up. So, um, I just had picked up the phone and I was trying to read the script and I just like got choked up reading the script. And when my mom cries, I cry because it just like hits. Right. So, um, that was the hardest part on the first day was that phone call to be like, I'm here, but I was, I was excited. And then you should get a phone call at least once a week, at least sometimes you get it taken away. Um, and I'd cry every time I'd call her, but not because I was like, oh, I miss you. It's because like you hear your mom's voice for the, that first time. And it's like, whoa, like that's such a relief. But I would even like, cry and like laugh and be like I wasn't even crying five minutes ago like I was fine like I was excited to tell you what we've been doing and stuff like that um and then the only other hard part about basic was the rucks like I was in I was in pretty good shape because I was coming off of an entire season of basketball and um oh you put 60 pounds on your back and you're just rucking which is like hiking basically you have your weapon and you have your water weight and you're going as fast as it doesn't seem fast as 18 18 minutes at that time didn't seem fast at all but it is it is fast let me tell you and um 
I it was a two and a half mile ruck, and in South Carolina it gets over a hundred degrees past five a.m. So we were constantly sweating, and I was so tired, and um, I fell back. In fact, I was I was way behind my platoon, and I had never been so embarrassed. But I had like done my PT test. I was doing phenomenal in PT. It was just those rucks. But over time, you get better and better and better, and you can see that. So whereas you do a two and a half mile, you do a five mile, a seven and a half, and then you do your last culminating event, which is like 40 miles, I think we did. It was, it was insane. Um, so you do that. By the end of that final ruck, I was the leading person. We were doing it at, I think, 14 minutes, minutes, um, which is really good. That's almost like training to be a ranger speed. Um, so it, yes, basic was hard, um, and you learn everything there, but the person you go into being is not the same person you're going to come out to be, and you get that feeling and stuff when, you, when you're finally doing that last ceremony, the final, your, your soldier ceremony, um, and your parents can watch, actually, we got, we were walking into that ceremony at 3 a.m., I think, and you can see, like, on the video of me walking, like, my platoon in, and it was just awesome, and you don't get that feeling ever again until, um, Hilton Field, which is a field on Fort Jackson, and it's the first time you've seen your family in three months, so until you walk out of those trees, you don't get that feeling again, and, it's just a it's just a different experience. Like I hope everybody gets that feeling at some point in their life, but it, it is truly amazing to see like the growth of the person that you went in and the person you come out to be. Oh my gosh. That like <laughs> I could feel like all your like emotions just through you talking about that. And oh my gosh. How did that for me I I do not like yelling. I even hard to take criticism. That's for me. I'm like a very sensitive person. So mm-hmm. I guess I, how did you like, how was it just being yelled at constantly and having such a, a tough regiment and just go, go, go. Um, I, I'm a person that likes structure. So the go, 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 I loved cause I love structure. Um, I knew that I needed to be up, go to PT. I had 10 minutes to change, um, like do your personal hygiene. I had 10 minutes to do that. And then I'm back at it again. So I liked the structure of that. The yelling, um, (laughs) I, I didn't shock me because not that my dad yells at me a lot, but it like, you know, when your parents yell at you and it just like hits Mm -hmm. a different way. Mm-hmm. When he yells at me, I become sensitive. But then I'm like, oh, this is nothing. This is absolutely nothing. Like, if you guys think you have something on me, you're wrong. I went in with the mindset of, because I honestly didn't know anything about being in the military and what basic was like besides a YouTube video, which was probably, which is 100% wrong now that I look at it. But um, <laughs> I was like, oh, like, I'm not calling you like, yes, Joe Sarrant, no, Joe Sarrant, like, no, like, yes, man, yes. Like, I was like, no, like, this is dumb. 
this is a mind game. Yeah, no, I was wrong. Yeah, um, I was gonna say. <laughs> thing, but I, I saw somebody not address them as yes, just aren't, no, just aren't, and oh, they were doing push-ups for hours, and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I do. Like, so it it changes your mentality, and you get used to it. And I had the best drill sergeants. Actually, they weren't like they would yell. They they would yell at you, but it would be because you're not doing something right that you know how to do and you're not doing the right thing because you're just being complacent and you're because you're tired. Okay, get over it. You you can be tired later. So, it's just a m- mentality type of thing. Um it honestly didn't rock my bow. I never really got yelled at. I got yelled at one time on the range because they tell you you don't need to switch from safe when you're moving position to safety. Yeah, no, that's why if anybody ever joins the military, always switch up from safety because I got yelled at. I got chewed out and I just could you can't say anything. You're just standing there at parade rest because they're yelling at you to show respect. And that was pretty much the only time I ever got yelled at. And I, I just was like, oh, OK, yeah. But at the same time, it's not hard to do everything right. Or, I mean, it's not hard to do the right thing, especially if you don't know what to do. Ask. Everybody's so afraid of asking because they are a drill sergeant and they have all this power and stuff. No, they're they're there to train you, right? So ask. And my platoon, we were actually, we got on our platoon and we, the only thing we didn't win, I think, was fitness because it was rigged but it's fine whatever i'm over it (laughs) she's Um, over it guys (laughs) but yeah the only thing we didn't get was fitness and that was it so i don't know it it you get used to it you have to go in with the mentality of this is a mind game they're here to break you and then make you up into an amazing soldier that can go fight and can go be deployed and know what they're doing and protect their country. So, um, you get used to it and it wasn't that bad because all my family yells, I mean, we're Mexican, like, so. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm dead. But no, I love that mindset that you went into it with because I think going in with a good mindset, like automatically sets you up way ahead of others definitely it would be ahead of me i would oh my gosh (laughs) i would not that is not no but it would teach me how to take the criticism reframe my mindset um i definitely would be a changed person after it but no i have the utmost respect for you like just hearing that and even when you know, we met each other just this last year of la- this latest semester. I had no clue that's like this has been your story. Obviously, like we know, like oh yeah, you're in the army. But I mean, for me, I never really knew what that meant truly, yeah. and like what fully went into when you say those words. Um, but holy cow, like. That's just incredible. And what's when you go do these trainings and stuff, what's like the the physical kind of um, exercises and the physical part of it? Obviously, you've given us 
a little bit about like carrying like 60 pounds on your back and is it just work 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 yeah you could be doing anything basically in basic they want you to pass your acft which is your army combat fitness test that we have to take twice a year and that um that test is so stupid um it can look so it's six events you do push-ups um and it's all it's all timed so it's under either a certain amount of time or like how far you can throw things or li- how much you can lift things so the first thing that you do is your deadlift and it's based on male and female um your age so i think ours is 17 to 20 years old and then 21 to 26 and then it goes up between there so everybody has a different thing based on their age and if you're male or female so for a deadlift for a female my age um which is 19 the to get 100 is 210 you have to lift three times consecutively to pass which is a 60 percent so 60 points i want to say it's only 120 pounds so i like to conserve my strength so i don't do 210 i do 180 and then the next thing you move to is your standing ball like power ball throw or something i forget what it's called but you basically hold a 20-pound um, medicine ball and throw it behind your back. The I don't know the exact, um, like, to get 100 points, I think it's, like, 8-something. And to pass, it's, like, 4.3. I don't have the best arm strength um, <laughs> when it comes to that. So I think I get, like, 6 or 7 or something like that. 6.6 6 I got last time. But That's still so that- good, though. <laughs> after that you do your push-ups I max that out every time to max that out is I want to say it's 53 push-ups so I go I go above that yeah I go above that and to only the minimum is only 10 push-ups so it's not exactly hard I'd be at the minimum (laughs) you'd be doing like 7 times that Mm 5, 6, like probably even more um, and then after that, you do your plank to max that out. You do 340. I max that out to pass is a minute and 30 seconds. And then you do your sprint jack carry, which if you've ever been to hell, which I'm assuming nobody has, that is the thing from hell. <laughs> sprint jack carry <laughs> is so bad. I hate that. I don't max it out. I hate that. I will do the minimum. I will do like three minutes and 30 seconds to get this stupid thing done. It's so dumb. Um, It's on a 25. Could you explain what that is? Because from the name, I can kind of guess, but just so we know the full extent of this horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, so it's um, basically 25 meter no yard seems better i think it's basically like you know like the swimming pool lanes that length mm-hmm. so you run down and back so first you're you're on your stomach for whatever reason why that's your starting position it doesn't make <laughs> sense because you run so you get you Maybe start to and learn how to get up fast or something I, yeah i guess you know what? I, I don't really know. They, just, they spent millions of dollars to do this army combat fitness test or whatever when it was like originally a pull up 
sit-ups and running. So, and push-ups. I don't know. Apparently, this all helps you later down the road. Okay. But, anyways, you have that, um, your lane, and you're, you get up, you run down and back once. Then you have a 90-pound sled. You go backwards with that sled, so your calves are on fire. Oh, my <laughs> God. You go down and back with that. Then you get up again, and you shuffle sprint. I don't know why you shuffle sprint. I don't know what that does for you. Um, and your legs feel like absolute jello. So you do that down oh and my. back. Then you do a farmer's carry with another 90 pounds, and you're supposed to run down and back with that. And I've seen I've seen officers like trip and fall and <laughs> because your oh legs my. feel like jello and it's the worst experience yeah, ever. Yeah, I would be so, tripping and falling. <laughs> so you do that farmer's gary, you do it back, and then again you sprint down and back, and then you're done. And you have to do that in like I think the qualifying like to max it out is a minute and. Maybe 30 seconds. It might be like oh 50 seconds. I don't know. Between that time to max it out. And That's incredible. I, I think my best time on it is a minute and 58 seconds. Wow. Since then, absolutely not. Screw that. I'll get a 60 on it. Everything else can be above 90. Like, it's... No. I won't. I won't. That's the dumbest thing I've ever done. It's so dumb. <laughs> and then on top of that, you do your two-mile run. You do a two-mile run. On top of that. And so you do all of that, this, like, the sit-ups, the the sprints, that one thing you just said, the sprint mm-hmm. run. Dry carry, the, yep. Yep, that. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, like, these words are low-key complex for me. But you do all of that all together, like, in mm-hmm. that same day same close time yeah. proximity oh yeah you do it in that you're you're it's all consecutive um the only break oh, you pretty much get is when people are in line before you and then you get a 10 minute warm-up or break before you start and then before you do the run oh my gosh bless them no <laughs> but holy cow yeah. i cannot mm-hmm. imagine Whew. just even being in the military that's discipline, physical discipline, mental discipline, just like the whole lifestyle is mm-hmm. disciplined and yeah, and that hardcore. Test, it's like yeah. these people don't mess around. You, you're here to work and learn and to be the best soldier to to serve your country. And it's like this is the big leagues. <laughs> wow, it's a lot for sure and. That test, it's out of 600 points, so whatever you get on it, it has to be above, I want to say, 340? No, something above that, maybe. But the the best score that I've gotten was a 535 on it. And that was when I was training in basic. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Good for you. And what happens if you don't make the score? Or do I even want to know? So if you don't... If you don't make the score, you get flagged, and you have, uh, depends on how old you are, but it, and your rank, but it, you have a certain amount of time to make it up again, and you don't want to miss that. Mm-hmm. So is this technically considered, like, a, a final? Is this, like, your big test? Or is this just something you just do on a, 
a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> no, you have to. <laughs> You have to do it twice a year because you they have the military has to make sure that you get fit so and mm-hmm. that you're meeting those standards. They do it twice a year. They do it at the end of our fiscal year, which is in October. So you take it then, and then you take it once in the spring. Wow! Even just if you just said yes, that is what my life consisted of before coming to college. I would have already been like, wow. I am so impressed, but holy <laughs> cow, that's incredible. Like, they even do that, jeez, I don't think I will ever be in that kind of shape, <laughs> but I'm fully aware of that, and I also do not want to train for that, so there's that. Oh my gosh, but thank you so much for sharing about, like, your army and military experience of course honestly i've i've really enjoyed hearing about that also because i don't really know anything about it so (laughs) even just to have like and and i'm sure that's only the tip of the iceberg with everything that is in that world but thank you for sharing like that your wealth of knowledge there um and now i kind of want to go into the part where I'm more familiar with the business part. <laughs> and so yeah. I didn't know this until you told me about it. Um, what was it like middle, like middle of the semester or whatever? You just like casually brought up like that you're a business owner and that you're trying to go into a different business endeavor. And I was like, wait, what? Hold up. Mm-hmm. You have business multiple. And so, yeah. What businesses do you run? So I help run. Um, My family does it for the most part, um, and I kind of just tag along. The one thing that I've been more involved in is our photo booth. So we run a few businesses, but my brother started it off with, um, like, a bounce house, bouncing around um, business, and that basically he sets up party tents and chairs and he does that with my little brother Jax too as well. And that took off. So then my Nina bought a photo booth that we can just go set up anywhere. Um, and that's what I'm involved in as well as our mobile bar that we just started over the past summer. So everything's called Aperture Photo Booth. Um, and that. Go look it up. Yeah, that obtains our. Um, Balloon decor, our bar, and then photo booth. And I feel like we do one more thing. Oh, we do light. We can create it. So, like, the lights that you see in people's rooms that are, like, oh, party or their last name, like, at weddings, we can create those lights, too. So we do that, too, as well. But it started after COVID a little bit just because we wanted to try it, and it took off. Actually, it took off really well. So... They started the bar in over the summer, and we worked. We bought a horse trailer and redid the entire thing over the summer, made it into a mobile bar so that people can rent out and have at their parties and stuff. And then we didn't have to get, like, a liquor license or anything. That's so cool. I remember you telling me about that. And then the bar, I thought that was genius and so which business does like better it just depends upon the season 
and Fair. um what everybody's doing. I guess it makes sense, like the seasons. But how far um does your bar like travel? Like how far do you allow it to go? I wanna say it's obviously on our website, but I wanna say it's hundred and fifty miles. Um Okay. And then like okay. But it dep- I think it depends. At like a certain point, then you we start charging um, a certain rate. So it just depends on the party, what you buy, and then how far you are. And it's drivable, you said. So do you guys drive mm-hmm. it for them, or do they have the? Yeah. So do, we can they. We do everything for them. What kind of alcohol and stuff like that, and then where your event's going to be, if you want to add anything. So you can add the photo booth, you can add um, decorations, a balloon arch, how many bartenders you want, depending on the size of your party, stuff like that. And then we add, like, a shot cart or, like, this stand, or we could do this setup for you guys, stuff like that. But we all drive it to you. You don't have to worry about anything. You obviously have to put everything in your cart that you want on our website and then... We get back to you with your quote and stuff like that. And then you don't have to take care of it until we show up. So That's awesome. I want I want that here, but that is not I'm not one hundred and fifty miles away from you. But that is a great business model and plan and idea. Because that sounds that sounds so fun to have that like on a nice summer day. You just rent that mm-hmm. out and you know, that sounds Great. And so are you a bartender, I'm guessing? Yeah, so you had you had to get your um not your like, like bartending license, but like you had to have like your cert- certificate certification mm-hmm. in it, I guess. Um so we all had to get that and which wasn't hard. We just did an online one that was super easy. So but yeah, because you gotta be able to pour liquor and know what you're doing, especially if they're gonna pay this amount of money for it. So true. Yeah, that sounds so cool, though. And is that, do you get booked out fairly? I I know you said it's doing very well. Is that, like, every weekend it's booked out, or even a lot of the weekdays, or how how does that kind of work? Yeah, so as far as, like, a balloon decoration um, or a balloon wall or arch or anything like that um, and a photo booth, Somebody has something every single weekend, um, if not more. As far as the mobile bar, I know it's been, obviously because we just opened it, it's a little bit slow, I would say, just because it's so new and winter, so it's kind of hard. Um, But a few people have used it and liked it a lot, and it's kind of growing. So I would say within the summer, people are going to have to start knowing like months in advance. And how did you come up with... Or you, I know you said it was, like, your brother's idea. What, like, sparked these kind of business endeavors and ideas? Like, to have, like, so, an event kind of package. Yeah. Honestly, I couldn't even tell you. They're the most, like, intuitive people that I've ever met in my life. And if they want something, they're going to go get it. Or if they want to, like, try something out, they're going to go do it. Um, and... So they do like they'll look on Facebook Marketplace and they'll buy this bounce house and then rent it to see how it does. And that's how it basically started, I would say. So it was just like, whoa. Um, And we didn't really know that we could take it off as fast. And then obviously 
looking on social media and seeing what other people are doing and how much it was it was doing and then comparing our prices to theirs and just like stuff like that. So I don't think that we knew it was going to grow, but we knew like, why don't we just try this? I mean, it's easy money for nothing, um, especially just setting up a photo booth and then that's it. You can control it. We can control it or going and setting up a balloon arch. It's not that hard. So I don't really know. They probably saw it on Facebook or a YouTube about it, and they're like, oh, well, we can do it, and we can do it better. So um, props to them, because I don't see that stuff. I'm more of just like, a, okay, well, I'll run it. Like, I don't care. I'll go to the events and stuff. Yeah, that's me. Um, I'm like, I want that that personal mini bar. I want the bounce house. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm with you. But that's, yeah, I guess if you think about it like that like oh would I want to use something like that and then if it's yes then other people probably do and then can I make that kind of into a business um and that's exactly what you guys did which is amazing yeah and so yeah does your whole family run this business or is it just like a certain few of you or you know oh my aunt um and uncle they basically run the aperture photo booth side of it in the bar and then I'll help with that so me and my brothers will help with that but my other brother he he runs with my youngest brother he runs the party setup kind of business so that would be like the bounce houses the tables the chairs the canopies the um royal chairs or I don't even know I couldn't even tell you that's a lot of work for me I just like setting up the photo booth and the balloon arches. So they run that side of it. um, And then we do pretty much everything else. That's amazing. That's still so cool. And so your parents don't really do anything really with the business. It's mainly your aunt and uncle and you and your brothers. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's super cool. What was your kind of first impression when they brought it up to you? Wait, did Wait, how did you even know that this kind of business was, you know, taking off or was even created? Um, They had just let me know how much money they made after one time. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, um, I'll go run it for four hours and make $1,200. Okay, that's easy. (laughs) Exactly. So I was like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, that seems fine by me. Um, mm-hmm. so, and it started taking off and obviously it's progressing over, I think it's been three years now that they've had it wow. two years. So it's progressing, um, into a very wealthy business, which is nice. Um, and yeah, I'm always down to help and get some extra money in my pocket. Slay. I know if they also need somebody, if, if I was in <laughs> Colorado, Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind also making a little bit. Absolutely. Who wouldn't mind making a little extra cash, you know? Exactly. But, and so, yeah, how do you manage, like, your kind of side of and duties of the business while you're in college? Um, so I don't, I can't really do anything besides look at the website and add to it if I need to, um, or run any of the social media, stuff like that. That's what I'm getting more into. Um, other than that, I can't really do anything on when I'm out of state. So it was kind of hard in Montana because I can't go to a, an event. Um, 
and work it or do something like that. So I like to look at the social media page and kind of add to that or the website as well. Awesome. So now and while you're in school this upcoming semester, will you start partaking in it like more regularly? Yep. Yeah, so I'll start doing more um, balloon decorations and photo booths. Nice. And so is that kind of your main job besides the army? Like your main kind of income, if you would say? Yeah. Um, I start working down at the college, or um, I'm going to start serving again in January. So until I start that, then it's just another good extra way to get some money in my pocket, like we talked about. So you're going to do that and be a waitress? Mm-hmm. What can't you do? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what kind of... Have you... You've waitressed before, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. In a restaurant. Yeah, so I did um, Burger Bob's at up in Montana. I worked there oh, yeah. during school. Yeah, which was nice. That was, that was a good way to actually make a lot of money because everybody came there after games um, or just in general, like, to eat and stuff, so I served there, and then I've, I've been a lot of different places, actually, (laughs) um, but, yeah, I've had a lot of serving experience, for the most part. Good for you, and that's a good way to make good, that's a good way to maximize your time and money, and especially Mm -hmm. if you have good people skills, organized, like you are, that also only helps you in, yeah. Your money making for sure. But that's so that's awesome. So you got school, army, the business, and waitressing. Four very big things that do take up a lot of time that you will be joking. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you said I didn't know this, but we talked about before, you have eight siblings. I totally thought you had yeah. like Two others, and I thought you were the oldest. No. <laughs> so there's two. Well, there's one that's biological, um, and that's from my mom and my dad. And then we adopted my little sister. And then everybody else above me, there, we grew. We've grown up together um, our entire lives. So they're they're family. They're cousins, but they're just we just call each other brother and sister. So. That's how I kind of like to explain it, because it's a little crazy, but, yeah. Okay, so they're not, like, biological. The older ones aren't biological. Gotcha. But you still call each other, like, brother and sister. Yeah. Pretty much. Gotcha. And so, okay, you said your little sister was adopted? Yeah, so, um, we adopted her. We adopted her right before I left to go train, which is... 2022 so we got her in may um but yeah that was that was a long long drawn out battle for sure that took three years so we've had her since she was 10 months um and we didn't we didn't fully adopt her until um she was three wow and so i'm guessing she was adopted domestically like within the united states yeah, so um, gotcha. she was actually my. She's actually fa- working. We're family, anyways, so she'd be considered my cousin. Um, but unfortunately, her parents just couldn't take care of her at the time, so we were asked to 
um, help out, and then that's when we decided to adopt. That's awesome. Obviously, we love adoption. Um, mm-hmm. but no, that's yes, we do. That's that's awesome, though. That's so cool, though, and that you were able to take her in and stuff like that. But she was so cute too. But I hope she gets over her yeah. sickness because that's yeah, no fun. she's fighting a little cold. Ugh, I hate colds. Honestly, even though people say like, "Oh, it's just a cold," it's like it's just a cold. Colds, colds, colds uh. take me down. So yes. even though it's like the mo- one of the most common sicknesses, they take me down. <laughs> down bad (laughs) but i think that's kind of the kind of main gist that i had for us to talk about um we did get quite a bit of questions if you wouldn't mind answering some of them yeah let's do it okay so if anyone listening wants to ask any questions um go to the instagram at the nest podcast with estella and i put the question box up in the story after I post a little bio and picture of the next guest so that you can ask him questions that we ask on the episode. So the first question was, what helped you choose your major or majors? Yeah, so um, actually Toby did. um, When we first got her, she had... She was nonverbal, so I learned sign language, and that's how we communicated for a long time. Um, And I really enjoyed teaching her that. So originally I wanted to work with special needs, younger um, kids like her. But uh, I obviously grew out of that when I found high school kids. So basically I have Toby to thank because I taught her first, and that's how I found my love for teaching. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. And y- your sister's name is Toby? Mm-hmm. That's so cute. I love it. That's such yeah. a sweet story, though. Um, Next, what is your personal motto, if you have one, I guess? Yeah. Um, mine, I would say, and I didn't actually, like, think about this until somebody wrote a letter of recommendation for me, um, and it was if not me, then who? So I like to think of that, like, like, especially when I joined the military, like, if not me, then who's going to do it? Um, or like just stuff in that way. Um, because I tend to do hard things. So other people don't have to first. Oh my gosh. From everybody. Thank you. (laughs) The hard thing of, serving the country honestly truly you seem busy what are the best tips to keep organized in college and extracurriculars um i honestly i like structure so i like to plan everything out everything is in a calendar for me um and that's dates times classes what i need to be working on but at the same time, making sure that you have stuff to lean back on. So me, it's naps. I love to nap. If anybody knows me, I'm a napper. Um, when I get home, I need to take a nap. If I get home from the gym, I need to take a nap. And then that's like my kind of thing to like decompress. 
but other than that, it's just like the little things like getting a coffee or going on a walk and just like little things like that. But I'm a very structured person. I love that. Yeah, no, you are very structured, very organized, very reliable, but I love the naps. I also am a lover of naps. And also just, you know, getting a little coffee, you know, treating yourself a little, maybe buying a few things here and there from Amazon that you don't need. Mm -hmm. Hey, treat yourself. That's what I like to go by. Um, So the next question, what are your career goals? Yeah. So within the military, I, the one thing I want to do for the military is be a drill sergeant. That's the most important thing to me. I find it really valuable to be able to be like, yes, I train these soldiers and look at what they're doing now. And I just want to, I want them to have the same experience I did. I don't think I would have loved basic if I didn't have amazing drill sergeants that I did. So, and that sets you, that sets you off on the right foot in the military rather than, oh, I hate this. I had a wor- the worst time here. I could never talk. I was always yelled at. Which, yeah, we were always yelled at, but I was respected at the same time. And I, if I needed to ask questions, I would. I knew everything I needed to. I would feel confident in everything I did. Um, so to be able to have other soldiers like that, it would be amazing. And that's something I'd automatically want to do. After that within the military, I'd love to go to Ranger School. That's another big thing of mine. But I, after that, I'll see where it takes me. As far as the civilian side, I'd love to be a teacher, especially in Chicano studies or Native American culture, just because I didn't have that growing up. I went to a very not diverse school, so I didn't have those classes available to me. So to be able to teach that again to somebody would be awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, I love all your aspirations on both, you know, military side, but also civilian side. Either Either one you choose, you're going to make a huge difference. That's awesome. That is a slate. Um, <laughs> next, how are you feeling about getting deployed? Um, yeah, so at first I, I was excited, and I, I still am, um, mainly because I had a choice in volunteering, and um, – I was going to volunteer, and at the same time I was going to volunteer, I was voluntold, so um, it kind of just worked out, I guess, Um, but I did get orders before I had ever volunteered, so I'm I'm ready. I love the military. I love what the military does for me. Um, I don't think that I'm going to, I don't think I would ever regret going on a deployment. Um, I'm actually really excited. It it is kind of happening at a bad time just because I I have some things that are starting that I really want to um, be here and involved in but at the same time I also chose the military so I'm excited I'm a little I was a little nervous when I got the call that it might be switching to Iraq um, but at the same time I'm driven and I want I want some some candy for my uniform so um, I'm excited for sure and so, okay, this is just a question that I have. Um, but so when you're in Iraq, since you don't do combat right now and you're going to work towards that, so you're going to be doing the HR as your... Yeah, okay. so we'll be doing HR. I'll be um, 
hopefully for the most part safe until I have to go on convoys or just field training, stuff like that. Um, it all just depends on what the operation is and what they need me for. Um, so it can switch at any point, even if I'm not at a combat MOS. Gotcha. Why, well, I, I really hope that you stay safe because, oh gosh, yeah. But no, yeah, thank you for going, like I said, serving our country. And then with this last question, I saved the best for last, Maddie. Maddie said, why do you think, <laughs> in parentheses, not anonymous, this is from Maddie. And like I told you before, mm-hmm. I can just, I can hear her saying this. <laughs> so oh, what do you no, have to absolutely. say to that? Um, <laughs> I feel like there's some jealousy because I left <laughs> and some tension. Um, but no, I don't expect anything less for Maddie to lighten the mood. And I miss her and I love her very much as well as everybody else because I, I get a text from her and Grace probably every single day of why their lives suck because I'm not there. Which doesn't make sense, but um, no, I I miss them very dearly, and I miss those friendships for sure. Um, And I definitely don't laugh as hard as I used to when I was with them, so I don't expect anything less from Maddie. (laughs) I know she she ended the episode with a bang. Um, Yes, she did. Yeah, with (laughs) with that being said, I really, truly do appreciate you being on here talking about everything giving your wealth of knowledge talking about core business aopi all two different realms aopi and military but i think that is so cool and you have a very bright future ahead of you though now even though we just got to know each other stuff for like a semester like yeah you're gonna go far i already know it i'm predicting it now i'm predicting it now on December 21st. But hey, I'm also pretty impressed that we're kind of a little bit. Um, actually, no, I, I was just about to say I had a schedule, but that's on me. But yeah, okay, now I'm talking to myself. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, yes, but thank you so much for taking time of your out of your very, very busy life very busy life to talk with me and to bear with me through this um of course remote thank you for having me oh of I've course always, I, I feel like i've always <laughs> told you like this has been a dream yeah. <laughs> to be on this podcast so no yes. i'm probably more excited to anything i've been telling about i've been telling everybody this like all week like i am gonna yeah. be on our podcast no, I am honored that you said yes and that you wanted to. Oh my gosh, because oh no, I'm just in awe of you. Like, oh, and especially you. after hearing all this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just, I just have a microphone and I'm talking. You're doing all this other stuff <laughs> here and there, traveling, doing, you know, literally saving lives here kicking butt and taking names that's that's what you're doing kicking butt and taking names i love that for you i would expect nothing less but no i have been very excited for this as well i was a little stressed because i was like okay now i don't know how we're gonna do it remotely but hey it's always good Mm -hmm. to learn i love to learn and now i know how to do it for the future so it also 
it's a win-win for both of us. So yeah, that is very slay. But I also am happy that we're doing it now because I feel like I kind of low-key get the last laugh because I get to have almost a two-hour conversation with you after you have departed from Bozeman. But I feel very lucky and blessed. So, yeah, thank you again. And thanks for everyone for listening. I truly appreciate it. You know, I know these episodes aren't the shortest, but they're also not the extreme longest but they're a good chunk of time so wherever you may be listening thank you and don't forget to rate it on apple Podcasts, spotify five stars never hurt nobody and to review and comment and interact with the podcast and to follow the instagram at the nest podcast with estella on instagram until next time